Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you guys are you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not gonna talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day. Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're gonna do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know. Hello, boys. Hello, world. It is the official season prediction show for the Back Judge Podcast. Super excited to be rolling this one out. Uh, all the rosters in the NFL, the 53-man rosters, have been set. Cut-down day was on Saturday, and we're really we're here. We're ready to have a full picture and kind of give you what we think is going to be what this 2020 or 2019-2020 NFL season looks like. Lee and Tommy, of course, on the line. Boys, how are you feeling? How are you feeling just about this episode? Yeah, I'm pumped up. I mean, we obviously we had our, our fantasy draft this morning, and then we did our, our wins pool draft, and now this preview. So it's been football all day. So I, I can't wait. I've been jacked up all day. And yeah, I don't man. want to speak for you guys, but the Andrew Luck retirement, obviously that was our previous podcast, kind of shook up a lot of the stuff that I was predicting. So I I think – you know, on one hand, it's it's upsetting because I think all of us really had the Colts going far. We're really excited about what this team could do. But at the same time, what you hear in this podcast episode may end up being different from some of the stuff that you've heard from us before in terms of predictions just because, you know, kind of the, the league got flipped on its head a little bit, especially in the AFC. Absolutely. It threw a wrench in my uh, my Super Bowl my Super Bowl pick, which was which was huge for me, you know. I was really excited about the Colts this year, and that news honestly turned my uh, turned my whole outlook on the NFL kind of upside down for a little while. So, definitely had to reshape it a bit. But well, yeah, and I was just gonna say that I'm happy that you know when we were talking about in the aftermath of the Andrew Luck episode and talking about the Texans and how we were arguing over, you know, uh, their lack of front office uh, presence and just mismanagement. And they w- went out and really went for it and getting uh, Laramie Tensel and Kenny Stills and, you know, trading to Davian Clowney. So that's, I'm sure, stuff that we'll get into, you know, uh, in, in the course of this of this preview. But it just, the, the NFL is radically different uh, a week later, which is great to see. So for this podcast, we're going to go through our seeds one through six for both the AFC and the NFC. So obviously the first two teams getting that first round by in the playoffs next to the other two division winners, and then five and six, your two wildcard teams. Uh, we're going to give you our AFC and NFC championship games, our Super Bowl matchup and our Super Bowl champion. Uh, we're also going to give you the season awards. So our picks for MVP, our pick for offensive rookie of the year, our pick for defensive rookie of the year, Uh, And, of course, the sack leader. Uh, And then I also have some prophecies to drop. I think Lee and Tommy, you guys were saying that you had a little bit of a bet, maybe, between you guys to to unveil to the people and put on the prophecy page on the website. So it should be exciting. Just some light prophecy. A a very specific prophecy. Just some light prophecy. (laughs) Just some light Um, prophecy. And real real quick, Clive. Yeah, go for it. If you don't mind, just giving a quick shout-out to B.J. Blunt and Chuck Washington. Just two guys that yeah. went, went, you know, just football dudes, gave it their all, good, respectable players that we really, here at the Back Judge, we hope they get another opportunity and get to prove how, uh, you know, how remarkable they really are because those are, those are meaningful football players that should be playing in, uh, in meaningful games. 
Couldn't have said it better, Lee. Appreciate that. It's a sad part of the business, you know. It is. But, it is. But uh, you know, they're all they're all great people, and they're going to be continue to be successful in life. So there's nothing for us to worry about. Say less. Say less. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna I'm, I want to pull up uh, BJ Blunt's tweet here. He made a he he had a little tweet when he was uh, released. He says to cl- to clear the air, I didn't decline any practice squad offer. Never received one. <sighs> The air is the air is the tape clear. don't lie. It's how you respond when things don't go your way that make you a man. Open invite for uh, for him to join us here on the Backstretch Podcast. We would be we would love to have him. Also, a, a quick Twitter update. Uh, this morning, John Dolan slept through the first round of our fantasy draft, and I, I tweeted at his father to wake wake his son up for our fantasy draft. And he he quote tweeted me and said, "Challenging assignment, but I am on it." Was that? Did he ultimately finish the job? I, I don't know. Was he the I one mean, who woke Dolan up in enough time to salvage Dolan. his team? Because that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> via Twitter, we woke Dolan up via Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's dive head first here into our predictions for the NFL season. Should we start out in the NFC? Let's. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to give my my two bye week teams, uh, my two first first and first round bye in the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta gets my number one seed, and Philadelphia gets my two seed. Awesome. Uh, are we going to go going around one, the table? Two, around yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Philadelphia Eagles in my one seed, and the New Orleans Saints in my two seed. I have the Philadelphia Eagles as my one seed, and the Minnesota Vikings as my two seed. Hmm. So all of us give Philly. Uh, a, a week off coming in, in January to round it out. I've got the Vikings in the third seed winning the NFC North. I have the Rams as a fourth seed winning the NFC West and fifth seed playoff team. I have the new Orleans saints and as the sixth seed playoff team in the NFC, I have the Detroit lions. Uh, my third seed is the Los Angeles Rams winning the NFC West. My fourth seed is the green Bay Packers winning the NFC North. My fifth seed is the Atlanta Falcons getting that first wild card spot, and my sixth and last seed is the San Francisco 49ers getting a wild card spot. My uh, third seed is the Atlanta Falcons winning the NFC South. My fourth seed is the Seattle Seahawks winning the NFC West. My fifth seed is the Detroit Lions uh, getting the wild card bid, and my sixth seed is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting the wild card bid. Wow. Can you repeat that one more time? Over the, over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I got three-seed Atlanta, four-seed Seattle, five-seed Detroit wild card, and six-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers wild card. Wow. Those are some, those uh, are some we, wild, wild cards, baby. I love to see it. We all are, are, are you know very different, having some pillars, but uh, still very different. Did you guys do like a first three out or anything? Maybe we could talk about uh, – because we all do not have the Cowboys in the playoffs, correct? Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys were a team that I kind of wanted to put in, but at the end of the day, the stuff with Zeke kind of scared me off. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're a talented team, pretty solid. I think you'll see a a large consensus of media people putting them in the playoffs. They're also, I mean, they're in a less tough division. I see that. But at the same time, I don't know. I just, I haven't, for some reason, I just haven't gotten super excited about the the Cowboys this year. I also, I mean, I, I thought a little bit about Seattle, too. But, again, I think we've talked about how 
the rest of their roster really isn't that great other than now Jadavian Clowney and Russell Wilson. Uh, it's kind of unproven. So that, that, those are the two teams that were probably my first two out. But Yeah, I had both the Cowboys and the Seahawks in uh, two of my three out. Uh, and I, I mean, I just want to reiterate some of the stuff that you said uh, about both of those teams. And I still can't fully trust the, the the Dallas Cowboys to be a consistent football team and win games that they're they're supposed to win, um, you know, week in and week out. And I really hope I'm wrong. And I, I hope they can build on the success that they, they you know, mounted last year. Obviously, you know, I, I believe Zeke is going to be there. Um, but still, even with that, uh, you know, I still just can't fully – uh, put all my eggs in the basket with them. And and the fact that Philadelphia is a top dog, the fact that they, you know, I don't see them winning the division, I think just makes it uh, that much more tough. And that's kind of the NFC. I didn't have the Vikings in. Uh, and I kind of have soured on them a little bit in favor of the Packers just because they kind of spell like me- mediocre to me. I just, I think we might be, you know, expecting, I, I feel like the, they had their chance, you know, two years ago and uh, really last year too. But I just, I have a feeling that I think they can still be improved and compete at a high level, but I still uh, have reservations of them being one of the elite teams in the NFL. That's just kind of something that I, I came to in this second look through. Uh, back to Dallas, just my, my little note is, I think there's just too much going on in the exterior of what really matters between Zeke and, and Dak. And there are a few other contracts that they're going to have to figure out in the coming year. And I just think Dak is going to find a way, if he hasn't already, um, to play play his way out of this this money he's asking for, in some way, kind of prove to everyone um, that that he's really not even close to worth what he's asking for. And I think that we're going to see a new quarterback be playing for the for the Cowboys next year if they don't make the playoffs. So I kind of just kind of I fell in love with the idea of the the Cowboys playing their way out of the playoff scenario, and t- kind of like you said, Tommy, just losing games that they should be winning and, and that kind of catching up on them in the long run, you know, down, and, down the stretch. Uh, well, and one more thing really quick that, you know, Jason Garrett is still the head coach. And I think we, we are forgetting that in the equation. And I still do not view him as a top 10 coach in the NFL. And I still have major questions about, you know, his ability to manage games in game. And uh, I mean, this is just a huge year for the direction of that franchise, because if they have success and, can find themselves in the playoffs or even winning that division. Uh, you know, I expect them to to have to pay up for all of these all of these uh, guys. So, yeah, Tommy, I just I I think you having the Vikings out of the playoffs is pretty shocking. I don't really understand what you don't like about them. I think they're arguably one of the most solid teams all around in the NFL. I don't I don't know. I don't really understand Definitely. what you're missing. I agree, Clay. Yeah, I completely. I think they do have a very high floor, but I just, you know, I like the 49ers this year. I think they have a relatively easy schedule. I think they have a schedule they can capitalize on. And, you know, the Falcons, I have the Saints. I don't I don't think they're better than the Falcons. So, I just, you know, I think they might have a better team than the 49ers right now, but I like the the 49ers path and I just think the NFC North is a gauntlet. I still think the, you know, even though the Lions and the Bears aren't in my playoff picture, I still think both of those teams uh, are going to be tough outs for you know every everyone in that division, and I just like, you know, I, it comes down to the quarterback, Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers, at least in my mind, are my favorite to to win the division. So it just comes down to wild card, and it shows you, especially in the NFC, how hard it is to get in as one of those wild card teams. Um, you know, all of us have pretty good football teams in the wild card, so and we all have good teams on the bubble. 
Fair enough. If that if that if that explains yeah. my uh, fair enough. Um, I'm not questioning their talent at all. The, it, it'll play out on the field. It'll it play. will for sure. It always um, does. Let's jump over to the AFC. Uh, my top two seeds are going to be Kansas City at number one and Pittsburgh number two. Uh, I have uh, New England at number one and Kansas City at number two. I've got Pittsburgh at number one and New England at number two. Whew. Mr. Murray with me in, on Pittsburgh Island. Uh, rounding out the AFC, I got uh, at three, New England winning the AFC East. Uh, at four, I have Houston winning the AFC South. Uh, in the fifth wild card spot, I have the Chargers. And in the sixth wild card spot, the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Um, in my third spot, I have the Cleveland Browns winning the AFC North. In my fourth spot, I have the Houston Texans winning the AFC South. My fifth spot is the Los Angeles Chargers. And my sixth spot is the Pittsburgh Steelers. My third spot is the Kansas City Chiefs. My fourth spot is the Houston Texans. My fifth spot is the New York Jets. And my sixth spot is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Um, off the Chargers this year, boys. Yeah, I mean, just I, 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 I yeah. was going to talk about the Chargers because they were a team that solely due to Andrew Luck retiring that I put them back in the playoffs. Um, I think there's just too much talent overall on this team. Like, I think the AFC is very top-heavy, and I think the Chargers have enough talent that I just don't see them really dropping past the fifth or sixth spot in the AFC. Like, I don't, I don't really see them winning the division, obviously, but after, honestly, after Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New England, and Houston, there's not really much that I can get excited about in the, in the AFC. And obviously, I don't even have the Browns uh, in the playoff picture for myself. I think that the offensive line issues there, especially now with Austin Corbett not even starting, are, are massive. Um, and I, I think... I think honestly that their offensive line play this year could derail their season completely. Uh, it almost reminds me of Houston last year where I, obviously I know Houston made the playoffs, but they were just extremely limited by the fact that their offensive line just couldn't keep their quarterback upright. Um, and I, I just, I, I only really think four teams in the AFC have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and that's Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New England, and Houston. So, yeah, I agree with that clap for the most part. I mean, I, uh, Obviously, I'm off the Chargers. I just think that – talk about an offensive line. I think the Chargers may have some sneaky issues uh, along their Dude. offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the loss of Derwin James is going to be absolutely huge for this team. I think their pass rush, pass rush is going to be incredible. But I think their offense without Melvin Gordon and their defense without Derwin James, that's enough for me to kind of just pull the plug on my, uh, my belief between the lack of a home field advantage and the coaching staff, um, you know – I just think Anthony Lynn is more of a coordinator than a head coach. And I think that analytically they're, they're far behind where they should be in terms of play calling. Um, the the ceiling it. is limited, and I think yeah. that's pretty clear. Yeah, so, but, I, but I'm, I'm pretty much lockstep with you in terms of the four teams that I see really contending to, to you know, play in the AFC Championship and ultimately go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I agree with you, but I will, I guess, in order to play devil advocate for the, for the Browns, I completely could see that their their offensive line play really derailing them uh, this season. But I guess that being said, uh, I do think it's really the only clear weakness on the team, and obviously it's a very important one. Uh, I just still, you know, I believe in the moxie of Baker Mayfield. I believe in the talent. I mean, Nick Chubb, the talent that they've assembled around him, and uh, their defense. I think they have a defense that can get after it. Uh, So I guess I still 
see the the top end, you know, with with Cleveland, and but I am I am wary. I guess I'm just saying that if you're not aware of the Browns' uh, porous offensive line, and it, you know, I think you you know are not really looking at the team objectively, and you could have your 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 Cleveland blinders on. And then I just uh, I between the Chargers and the Jets, the Jets were my first team out, and I really. Lee, I mean, I don't know if you can, if you know the the weeks off top that they play that seven game stretch. Is it between four and eleven or something? Or four is their bye week. I, I think it's like seven and thirteen, something okay. like that. Yeah, well, we're, not, we're we don't have the research. Our producer was was sleeping right now, so he couldn't give I, us the, I, the I graphic. Can, I, I, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, just to talk about the Jets a little bit, I really think you know week seven through fourteen. Yeah, and that's a stretch that I. I really hope I'm wrong, and I hope the Jets sneak into the playoff in that wild card spot. Uh, but I guess just on paper right now, the Chief—I mean, the Chargers have more experience. And while I don't think they may have the top end ability to compete with the top dogs of the AFC, I still think that they, in a weaker conference, are going to be a team that you really should expect in the playoffs. That's a—I mean, if they don't make the playoffs this year, just in terms from a Chargers perspective, that's I think a, you know a huge red flag in terms of coaching and potentially you know, personnel. Yeah. I think getting blown out 56 to three or whatever the hell it was Mm -hmm. is a pretty, pretty big red flag too, just to push back a little bit. And, and I know it was obviously the Patriots who ended up winning the Super Bowl, but that's embarrassing, man. That, that didn't look like a playoff team. And, you know, in terms of red flags, I think that, what do you, I just want to kind of want you to elaborate on that, I guess, because if they win nine games and lose to Jacksonville in the regular season, uh, if they, I don't even know if they play them, but but lose that, you know, uh, that sixth wild card spot in a tiebreaker or something like that. Where's the red flag? I just think it's it's Derwin James being out and the coaching staff doing the same thing they did last year essentially, um, with just a little bit less talent between Derwin James and Melvin. I uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm just saying that, you know, as what you just said, as that being the context of them you know, looking awful in that game against New England and also looking really bad in at least the latter part of that game against Baltimore the week before when they almost let them win, that this franchise should be kind of on a red alert, I guess. And I don't really, you know, I don't think Anthony Lynn is a great coach. You know, I don't, I, that's what I'm saying basically is I still think that this team is going to get into the playoffs, but this is you know, probably my last year on the ship, I think, is what I'm saying, you know, barring them proving you know, showing something this year and taking that next step because you're very right. They either are going to be better than they were against the Patriots last year in the playoffs or they're not going to be. And if they're not, you know, and a team like the Jets gets in or uh, Buffalo, like Klepp said, which I think is another team that's going to be a tough out with an easy schedule or Jacksonville or even Baltimore, you know, it's a, it's a much better conference this year. So all the more reason why this team is arguably the best team in the NFL on paper. They need to show it this year. Yeah. And Lee, really quickly, um, when going back to the AFC South preview podcast, I don't remember you very, being very high on the Jags, and I don't know if it was just a factor of you being so into the Colts and now having them out of it that you kind of looked at them differently, but what, what made you put them in that sixth spot? Uh, I just kind of see them as a team who's going to compete every week and really just kind of uh, crawl and scratch for that last spot so to speak. I just think they're going to be, talk about a tough out. I don't see them, I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate later, I don't see them making a run in the playoffs. I kind of just see them as a team who's going to be well coached, going to be able to run the football well. I think Nick Foles is going to open up their offense way more than Bortles, obviously. And then I think that defense, 
albeit Jalen Ramsey's, uh, you know, off the field, you know, uh, problems, whatever it be talking about going to other teams or holding out or wanting more money or whatever it is. I think this is a defense that's really going to get after it and be really tough to beat in, in a meat grinder division. And I think maybe they might struggle in their division and drop a game to the Colts or drop a game to Tennessee. But outside of their division, I, I think that they're going to, you know, I think they're going to excel. And I'm not quite positive. I think they do play the AFC West. I do not have my this is the first time. I don't have my schedule book in front of me. Um, but I think that they're going to really compete against the Chiefs in week one. And I think that they're going to beat the Chargers ultimately in the regular season. And I just think this is going to be a team that really gets after it and, and runs the football while well. I got high expectations for Leonard Fournette. And I just kind of see them as, as a group that's going to get to the postseason this year with, uh, with Marone and Coughlin kind of riding the ship. Fair enough. So let's go to our Super Bowl predictions. Obviously, all of you know, if you're a loyal listener, that the Atlanta Falcons are my Super Bowl pick this year. Uh, it came to me on the overnight bus, and I've stuck with it since May. And uh, I have them beating Pittsburgh. Have them beating Pittsburgh. Wow. We're going straight to the game? Yes. Tell me, you want to go ahead? Um, yeah, I have the, uh, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles beating the New England Patriots in a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really, you know, I hope I'm wrong to a certain extent, but I just, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think both of these teams are too good, and I and I have New England as the one seed, and if that is the case, and you know, Kansas City or whoever the content the, the AFC Championship game goes through Gillette, I just, I'm just not going to bet against this team. I, you know, I, I'm not doing that yet. And then Philadelphia, uh, you know, I think just is a really good, uh, really good squad. I. I pick them over New Orleans now. I've moved on from New Orleans as my, my early August Super Bowl to now Philadelphia. So, Wow. We talked you off the New Orleans cliff. <laughs> Interesting. It's, I mean, to be honest, I am kind of selling out here and I'm picking the, one, two, the two one seeds to play against each other. And it's, you know, they're my one seeds for a reason. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of more of a power rank than a, a real it's a prediction, obviously. But it's, you know, just the two best teams in the NFL, in my opinion. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You're no longer on the Saints. It's just interesting. Uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl and ultimately the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I hate to do it, honestly. I, uh, I'm not a big Chiefs guy, but I think that Andy Reid's got to get it done at some point, and I think he's finally going to learn this year. Uh, you got, if you guys noticed, I had Kansas City as a third seed not getting a bye in the first round. I think he's going to pull back a little bit in the regular season in terms of sh- if, uh, shows and play calls. And I think that he's going to focus on the playoffs a bit more in, in achieving the, the final goal. Reed's been a bit snake-bitten in his career and hasn't really been able to get over that hump. And I think that statistically, they're not going to dominate as much as they did last year offensively. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're really going to turn it on and, and ultimately make a run and, uh, and win the Super Bowl. And then in the NFC, I just think Minnesota is a team that is going to have a really ba- a great bounce-back year, very strong defense. And... I'm a pretty big Kirk Cousins believer. I don't think he's going to have to play uh, at an elite level necessarily to get them to the Super Bowl, but I think he's going to be very solid as a quarterback and make less mistakes this year and be able to beat the Bears and be able to, you know, uh, be a better team, uh, be, a, be a better team on the road. So I, uh, I like Mike Zimmer a lot as well. I think he's going to kind of save his job and, and, and bring back the faith in Minnesota this year, but ultimately the Chiefs win in the Super Bowl. Fair enough. I mean, good good picks from all of us. It's definitely, it's I don't know. It's hard 
for me not putting New England in that game too after this, they've been there for three straight years. Uh, obviously, too, I made that prophecy that they wouldn't even make the AFC Championship game. I feel much less confident about that now with uh, Indy now out of the picture somewhat. But, you know, I'm going to stick with it just because I do like the fact that Houston kind of retooled and I like Pittsburgh enough and I like Kansas City that I'm not going to put them in there. But, uh, you know, it's always always hard to pick a, a Super Bowl winner because you feel like, you know, at the back judge, we like to be, you know, on the edge, finding things that other people aren't looking for. But sometimes you just got to pick the, the best horse. Yeah, and I, yeah. I do want to add, um, just as a little, a little uh, side note to my prediction, Kansas City going to New England and winning a game in Foxborough to get to the AFC Championship, I think that's going to be the point where the team really realizes that this is the year, and that's going to be a huge momentum game for them to, to push them to, the, to, the, to Lombardi. Lombardi's trophy, baby. I hope you're right, uh, but if the playoffs are running through Lincoln Financial and Gillette, you know, that's just... You're, you're going to have to be a truly great team up to the task to go up there, you know, in, the, in those conditions and get, a, and get a John Gruden football win. That's going to be tough. Um, even though I have Atlanta ultimately winning the Super Bowl, my NFL MVP this year is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I think that if Pittsburgh has the season that I'm predicting them to have, which um, would be huge appearing in a Super Bowl, it's going to be mainly because of him, and I think people are going to re- recognize that he's doing it without Le'Veon Bell. He's doing it without Antonio Brown, and uh, it's it's going to be a lot on him. So to to uh, slight my other Murray members of the, of yeah. the back dodge who somehow claim Roethlisberger is washed up, he's he's going to stick it in your face this year. That was very uh, subtweety. I liked it. People, you you, you put a, l- a little emphasis on people. That was, that was right to us. I loved it. Um, I have uh, Carson Wentz winning the MVP. Uh, you know, I think that the Eagles just, um, they're my horse right now. So I'm going to ride Wentz in a, a comeback player fashion and, and returning to that MVP form that we saw two years ago. I got Deshaun Watson winning the MVP. Um, my pick was Russell Wilson originally, and then the Laramie Tunsil trade happened. And I think now that Deshaun Watson has a somewhat formidable offensive line, he's really going to be able to... Uh, to show the the NFL what he's made of, and and ultimately, I think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's a transcendent talent, and I think that this year he's going to put up incredible numbers and, and ultimately carry that that Houston team to uh, an AFC South title. So uh, my offensive rookie of the year, I kind of wish I wrote this article back in August, and I just was too lazy and and didn't end up doing it. But it would have been a, a really good, it would look really good now. And my offensive rookie of the year is going to be Devin Singletary. Uh, the Bills cut LaShawn McCoy, and I think Devin Singletary is going to get a majority of these carries. Uh, I think he has a really you know, good chance to, to kind of break out behind that formidable uh, Buffalo Bills offensive line. And uh, I, don't, I think he has a good chance to come out of nowhere here. Where a lot of other rookie running backs are getting touted more. Uh, so guys like Miles Sanders, um, David Montgomery, and he's, he's kind of hiding in the, in the bushes, and I think he has a chance – more so than those other two guys to to even get more of a, a more responsibility in, in the offense season. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely could see that happening. I, I think, you know, I the, I think there's going to be some growing pains initially just with figuring out Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. I think both of those guys are going to be getting some touches, but you know, the same kind of goes with Miles Sanders and and David Montgomery, uh, you know, to the same degree. And and you know, Josh Jacobs really is the only one who is the clear 
uh, you know, workhorse. You know, Jalen Rashard is more of a uh, receiving back, and they cut Doug Martin. So I guess it's just kind of weighing those options. I mean, I picked David Montgomery because I really just think that uh, I think he can do a lot of things, and he's a lot more versatile than Jordan Howard and just is going to give Matt Nagy another weapon that they can kind of limit, uh, you know, the stuff that – Tariq Cohen last year was so much for them, and I think they're going to be a little bit more creative with him because they don't have to put as much in his on his plate because of what Montgomery can do, blocking and receiving, and you know running between the tackles. Yeah, I like the picks a lot, guys, but I'm I'm going with Kyler Murray on this one, kind of just a chalk pick, um, number one pick in the draft. I just think that he's going to do too much uh, this year on the field for anyone to to vote for really anyone else um, for this award. I think David Montgomery might be a close second if anyone. Um, I think that the Singletary pick is also really interesting just considering that they cut LaShawn and they're really going with him. Um, but Kyler Murray ultimately I just think is uh, very good uh, and, and, and going to be the rookie of the year by I think a significant amount of votes. I think he's going to prove kind of why he was the number one pick and why they traded Rosen away this year. Potential. Uh, I, I, I'm also very interested to see just a little side note too. I believe DK is, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a dark horse. And they just cut, uh, was it Jerron Brown, I think, who was kind of their big uh, number two guy or number three guy, I guess, between Doug Baldwin and uh, Tyler Lockett last year. So, I mean, we just, another great, exciting uh, rookie class. So, can't wait. I would be pretty shocked if Lee isn't on the same boat as me with my defensive I'm on the same. Of the I'm on the same and boat, too, Devin guys. And that's Devin Bush, baby. Absolutely, Clap. I mean, this one is I could I could pick this in my sleep. The guy broke the the tackle record in a preseason game or something like that. I mean, he's a stud. Like I like to say, he's a dude. Just gonna get after it. Gonna be a lifetime stealer. Gonna be a captain in a couple of years. And just a just a guy who's gonna run away with this DROI. I think as someone who's just gonna be a cornerstone of the Steeler defense and really bring back that identity um, to the, uh, the the Steeler defense and just be a banger in the middle there for him. Yep, I'm with you guys. Uh, I think Devin Bush is kind of the clear-cut favorite at Defensive Rookie of the Year right now. And, uh, you know, I can maybe see a guy like Brian Burns or Ed Oliver going in there, but I think just Devin Bush, the amount of responsibility that he's going to get and the impact that he's going to have uh, with that defense, I think it's just going to be too much to overcome. Since we all picked Bush, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Quinnen Williams too. I think he's kind of getting overlooked for this award. I think he's a guy who really could pop on the stat sheet more than just in the film room this year. So I think that he might be, I don't know what the number is on him, but that might be an interesting flyer to take. Um, just as someone, I obviously have a lot of confidence in the Jets this year, thinking they're going to make the playoffs. Um, so he's going to be a big part of that, big part of that defense. Let's go to the, the famous, back to famous sack leader pick of the year. Uh, I infamously took Shane Ray at this uh, point. <laughs> a few years back and uh, it didn't quite work out the way I would hope. Uh, it's, it's hard not to pick Aaron Donald in this. I'm not going to do it. He had 20 sacks last year, uh, four and a half more than the second guy, which was um, JJ Watt. But I'm going to go Chris Jones, my guy from Mississippi state on the, on the Kansas city chiefs, you know, D Ford is gone. I, I don't know. Not that, that I guess that really matters because he's an interior guy, but there's, there's, I guess less, people trying to take those those sacks away from him or getting there before he can get there. And he's just an animal in the middle, one of the best interior linemen in the NFL. So I'll, I'll give Chris, Chris Jones the award this year. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just like you said, Adam, it's it's hard not to pick Aaron Donald or even Khalil Mack, I think. Just, you know, they're kind of like the two chalk guys. So maybe this is the, the third sack leader. And, and I'm going to go with Miles Garrett, who I think is going to be a big part of the Browns having a really successful year this year. And I picked him last year to lead the league in sacks, and I think he had 12. So As did I. Yep, he definitely, you know, has really just shown the type of talent he is and maybe has been overshadowed by just this, you know, superb D-line play that we're getting in the NFL nowadays. But, you know, he's still only 23 years old and he's just really coming into his own. So I'm going to take Miles Garrett. Uh, I had Khalil Mack written down. That was my genuine answer for for the question. I think he's going to lead the league in sacks this year. I think the guy's an animal um, and it is a chalky pick. So I'll throw out a couple flyers. I like Jadavian Clowney in Seattle. I think he might, even with the absence of camp, I think he's probably going to show up in great shape and just going to be part of that Seattle team and being coached by Pete Carroll. I think he's going to kind of reinvigorate his career a bit there. So I kind of, I kind of would like to see what the number is on him. And, uh, and then Daniel Hunter in Minnesota, I think, is a guy who could tally up a few sacks this year. I think that defense, like I said earlier, is really going to get after it. And I think he's a guy who's a big part of that pass rush and uh, obviously an extreme athlete, long and, and, and a great football player. has proved it year after year. So keep an eye out for those guys. Yeah, he, he was one of those kind of project picks, projection picks that ended mm-hmm. up hitting big for Minnesota. Yep. Um, I have I have two two prophecies I'm gonna drop here. One of them is n- not that big. I'm trying to get a win on the board. So last year, when we looked at the NFC North, we kind we got burned on it too. We kind of said, "Oh, there's no way that the Packers and Vikings don't finish at least one or two, and there's no way that the Bears don't finish or the Bears and Lions don't finish three and four in in some order." And I felt the same way about this when I looked at the NFC East this year. I think there's absolutely no way the Eagles or the Cowboys don't finish 1-2 and the Redskins and the Giants don't finish 3-4. I mean, I'm not going to try and predict it for my prophecy purposes. I'm just saying uh, there's no way the Eagles and Cowboys don't finish 1-2 and and the Giants and Redskins 3-4. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, going to concur with that, even though I think I maybe buy the Redskins stock a little bit more than both of you guys. I still think it's going to take a, a certain, you know, crazy circumstance for any either Dallas or Philadelphia to be the third, you know, seed, let alone the four seed. I would dissent if this is a prophecy. I think, I obviously those are my two favorites to come one and two, but I think things can go from bad to worse for Dallas, especially if Zeke isn't playing for them and their uh, running attack isn't really working. And I don't really like the Redskins, but I think they got a solid defense, and Gruden's going to be coaching for his job a lot. And then the Giants, man. I mean, I'm not. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be over 500. But I think this is a team that really can compete this year and maybe tie for second place at 8-8 eight and eight, maybe. I, I think that could be their ceiling. And I think the Cowboys, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Cowboys win seven games this year. I just think that this is a team where I, I see in that 7-9 to nine window right there, that, that two-win window and maybe a seven-win season and Jason Garrett losing his job and Dak losing his job and them ultimately deciding they really do need Zeke. Um, is going to be the the uh, blessing in disguise this Dallas franchise needs in order to really push things to the uh, to, to to shaping the team a little bit more to be competing for a Super Bowl and not uh, you know a first round playoff win or first round playoff exit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna re- reluctantly sign on to the prophecy, but I, I do see the danger of of you, that. You don't have to. It's, it's, no, no, no. I I'm going anyway. I'm going to because I would gladly be wrong and look back on this in, in December and be like, wow. Can't wait to get really... Jake from. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prophecy real quick. The the New York Giants will beat the Cowboys this year. Is that is that fair? Is that a yeah, fair fine. prophecy? Sure, sure. That's fair. Okay. Just throwing just throwing it okay, out there. Just once. What, yeah. Uh, spe- speaking what's of what's the last uh, time? What, what, what's the record the past like four years? It's got to be it's got to be something kind of ridiculous, the, right? The Cowboys have been dominating the uh, the Giants really for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are due for a win. Um. Let's uh. Let's. Are we gonna do Coach of the Year or? Did we? Yes, I'm sorry. I skipped that. Okay, let's fault. do that real quick, and then we can jump back into the prophecies. I guess I'll start it off. I got Doug Peterson winning the Coach of the Year, obviously, with how much stock I have in the Eagles. Uh, but some quick, uh, you know, dark horse candidates I'll throw out is uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Freddie Kitchens, and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I was going to have Tomlin. Club, you want to elaborate on the Tomlin pick, or does it kind of speak for itself? It's. I mean, I don't know. It's just if they, if they think if they make the just the same way I had Ben as the MVP, if they make the Super Bowl. Even the AFC Championship game, after losing those you know elite talent players, um, doing a little less with doing a little more with less, I think he'd be an easy choice. Yeah, and, and he has a little bit of a prove it year this year. I, I, he gets slandered a, a lot by you know kind of pundits and, and talking heads. So it would be nice to see him kind of justify the label that he gets a lot. I'm gonna throw one out of left field. Adam Gase, the New York Jets. I think that. If this dude can string this team of personalities and team of, you know, just a lot of moving pieces, and you got the second year quarterback who has showed promise but also seems to turn the ball over a lot, you got Le'Veon, obviously, um, the, the number two pick in the draft this year. Um, I think if he can string this all together and ultimately be the team that goes six and one in that, in that seven week stretch, uh, that the, you know, he deserves all the credit in the world for that. And I think that he's really going to. Uh, prove to people the, the reason why he was such, you know, he was the prodigal son coming out of Chicago and, and getting hired by the Dolphins. I think he's going to prove that this year with the Jets and, and, and pull this team together and ultimately prove why he should be the coach there for the foreseeable future. Uh, one sec, weird hypothetical. Do you guys think if the Colts win the AFC South that Reich would be a lock for, for coach of the year or maybe not? No, it wouldn't be a lock because if the division like eats itself alive and they win nine games, I don't think he's a lock for... Brissett has a good year. Is that yeah? You know, I I think he would definitely be in the running, but I I, I would I would not say he's a lock. There's too many other teams that could do impressive no, things. I think that's very true. Very true. Like I don't think. It, Did you guys you know, want to share? Did, oh, go ahead, Lee. I was just gonna say I don't think that the Colts' expectations are that low. Obviously, you're not. You you've tampered them down from competing for a Super Bowl or even an AFC Championship or a buy or whatever it is, but. The, I think Colts fans out there are still kind of expecting to maybe make the playoffs. Like, this isn't a division. I know Houston just made some trades, but this isn't a division where, you know, like you guys were saying about the NFC East, where, you know, there's, there's some clear favorites and clear underdogs. I think any team in this division can, can win. Um, and, you know, the Colts, Jacoby Brissett's a good player. They seem, the, the, the staff seems to have faith in him. So I think they, that they should be able to compete every week. That, that was just more of a point. Of, I just think with how public it is, the whole Andrew Luck retirement and how kind of outside of the sport, how much of a story it was, it would just be kind of a political thing that if they do well, that Frank Wright, I, I, you know, I think, you know, they have a good chance to win the division with how, you know, even it is. So not a good chance, but they have a chance to win the division. You, you think Gruden wins it if the Raiders make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That'd be kind of no. fun, wouldn't it? That's why. Well, I mean, that's why run it. I'm picking Doug Peterson. But if the Browns or even the 49ers, it's just if any of those type of teams really, like you were saying with Gase, 
it's going to be one of those guys. It's easy to pick, I think, Doug Peterson, at least from my perspective, just because, you know, I mean, he's won it before, right? Didn't he win it two years ago when they won the Super Bowl? I'm assuming, but yeah. Um, you want to talk about our little uh, reception uh, pro bet prophecy? You can talk about it. I just think that Emmanuel Sanders is going to get more receptions than Cortland Sutton, and Lee thinks that Cortland Sutton is, and it was just a little, <laughs> a little quip that we had before the podcast, and wanted to publicize it because I think I'll, I'll put it in. Yeah, Tommy it in was there. Tommy was aghast when I said Cortland Sutton is going to be the number one receiver for the Broncos this year. I was. I think I think you're sliding Emmanuel. Didn't, didn't Emmanuel Sanders just tear his AC or tear his Achilles last year? Yep. And he's back, and he yeah. and it looks great. Cortland Sutton is going to get more receptions. Clep, you signing on, brother? I, I'm I'm gonna let the brothers, you know. Have no, 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 no. What are I'm you not talking about? Fun, but you I'm just, just letting Tommy though that he's wrong. You just said, oh, oh, Cortland Sutton is gonna get more receptions than Emmanuel Sanders. Sign on he to is. that. Sign I, on I'm to just, that. No, you I'm can't. Just, I'm just gonna let the, let let the man make a decision. Let one. let the man make a make a decision. And while we're on the topic of prophecies and signing on, I'm just gonna pat myself on the back a little bit for the Keenum call. This, you know, first pro first prophecy to come through the year. Case Keenum starting for the for the Skins. Doesn't mean it's the right decision. I'm not banging my fists on the table saying it's the right decision. I'm just saying it was bound to happen, and I think that, you know, it's a little pat on the back, that's all. Um, and I'll, I'll give you, so this is my other prophecy that's a bit more aggressive. I'm sure you guys you guys might dissent it, or you definitely will dissent it, but uh, it goes back to my Devin Singletary rookie of the, uh, offensive rookie of the year pick. I think he has the most fantasy points of rookie running backs. I'll dissent. I'll dissent, but, you know, it's pure contrarian dissent and, and value. I'm not going to dissent. That's too much of a – I don't really necessarily, like, really disagree with that. I don't think he will, but I'm not, I'm not willing to sign on on it. I, I think he could. Um, their offensive line is good, man. they got a really good offensive line. Out of Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, David Montgomery with the Bears, and Singletary with the Bills. Sanders, I too, think, you got to throw in, I think. I'm sorry? I think you got to throw Sanders. Sanders in that mix. Too. And Sanders, sure, Sanders with the Eagles. I still think, I don't well, know. I think Sanders is, out of, out of those four guys, I think Sanders is going to be getting the least work amount of work. Just because I think Jordan Howard is going to be getting a lot of the red zone carries. And, and I think the Bills have the best offensive line out of, that, out of the group of the rookie, uh, rookie running backs who I think are going to be getting the lion's share of, of the carries and, and touches. I think I think Tony Pollard will be in that top five, come season's end. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, probably because he's starting, right? I mean, I think Zeke's going to get signed, but I think he's just going to be a big part of the offense, regardless. T Tommy, percent chance Zeke is uh, playing Week One? Go sixty-five, seventy. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Hundred percent by week eight. Um, and that about that about wraps up our, our predictions podcast. Anything else you boys want to throw out there? Are we doing the top five of the draft, or oh, should we just throw that you away? Can if you want to, I don't have really off the top of my head. Well, I think the Dolphins are going to get the first pick. Okay. And uh, I think I think the I got I got Dolphins, Bengals, Giants, Raiders, Lions. Ugh. I got Dolphins, Bengals. Skins, Panthers, Niners. I'll, I'll Dolphins. You know, here's what I'll say. I'll Dolphins last. 
or, or first. And all I'm going to say is I think the uh, Cardinals are back in the top five. Okay, fair enough. Hey, let's. You want to throw that in the prof? Yeah. Let's throw uh, it in there because I, I want to dissent that because I really don't think they will be. Oh, uh, you just want to bet it straight. Let's up? bet it straight up. Cardinals won't have a top five pick. I'll, I'll hop on that train too. You saying no, Tommy? You're on. I'm saying that the they they won't have a top five pick. That's an interesting one, I think. But yeah, does that does that wrap it up? We don't have any other. Uh, I guess we gave out a lot of a lot of information. By the way, guys, you know, I just want to talk about a little bit my my weekly five, my inaugural weekly five, which is I'm giving I'm giving out five picks against the spread every week for college football. I'm going to keep track of how I do. Um, so Thursday I took Georgia Tech plus thirty seven and BYU plus seven, and I went over. I went over two. Um, Georgia Tech kind of just got handled and lost by, I well, think, like 46 or something like that, 45. No, it was no, close. No. But, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I gave my predicted scores. I thought it would be a 20 or twenty to 26 or 28-point game. I didn't think it would be in the, in the 40s, so I'm not going to even pretend like it was that close. And then BYU, man, they fought. They really fought hard, but they just couldn't. They're not as good. They're not as well coached. They're not. Zach Moss was running all over them, and their quarterback – has a little bit of promise, but was making mistakes. So I went over on on my on my Thursday night plays, and I was a little bit down in the dumps. I was like, man, this weekly five thing might not be a great idea. I might just get exposed this week, and go zero for five. And then Friday night, I get a little lick of joy with the Oklahoma State Cowboys covering that fourteen against Oregon State. And then Saturday, Auburn minus three and a half with the Bonix Magic, and then Fresno State playing with that chip on their shoulder and, and cleaning up against USC, covering that 13 and a half. I finished over 500. It was, I was exhilarated. I really was. It, it just made the, it added a little bit of magic to the weekly five. So I just want to announce. Three, so three for five on the inaugural one? Three for five. Yeah, I went three wow. and two. And I'm going to be keeping, my, keeping track of my record and Not the percentage, bad. you know. And uh, I'm not ashamed of my picks. I will say Georgia Tech was a little bit lazy. I saw the 37, and I was like, oh, they got the new coach. They're going to rally. They should have covered, dude. Yep, they, they threw a goal should've. line interception, and, and Clemson, uh, they cover, they back covered. You're we right. Good. They, they probably should have, but at the same time, Tommy, I've lost in such worse ways than that where teams have actually really should have covered that it's just like – Washington, yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, well, we don't need it. <laughs> PTSD where it's just been so much more excruciating than that that I'm not I I pick my battles when to complain now and then BYU I just thought at home in the Holy War would just play with a little more energy and it'd be like a three-point game and they're just not really at that level that Utah's at Utah's really about it so but I went I finished I finished off strong and I'm really looking forward to next week so I just wanted to let our listeners know I'll be doing this weekly five and maybe fade me maybe take me but I'm, I'm liking it. I'm well, liking how, is it. How, is it going to turn into a, a special podcast addition to the? I yes, I definitely will okay. be doing. Maybe not every week, but some weeks where I'm really jazzed, I'll be doing. I think week two, this upcoming week, I'm going to be doing a short. I'm thinking like a ten to twelve minute solo podcast, just kind of telling everyone where my head's at. I, I give little little uh, splurges in the in the article, just like three sentences, kind of just saying where I'm at, and I give a score prediction prediction, but. It's much better to kind of get in the weeds a little bit on the podcast and, and, and really explain where my head is at. But I'm looking to go over over 55% this year. So that's kind of my... That would be that would be awesome. Yeah, um, my goal is to go over 55. Just so. one little note maybe that can that can go off that is uh, I just saw JT Daniels is done for the year. I know. I and dude, know. that's so hard to hear. 
because that's a guy who you could really see the growth early on. Yeah. Just not only, not only on the field, but, uh, you know, as a leader, like he really seemed like a guy who was buying in and growing into the quarterback they thought he could be. So it's just awful to see something like that. And on top of that, I don't mean to turn it into a, a Helton, you know, hate here, but that dude has no business coaching the USC Trojans and their backup quarterback looked rattled yesterday against Fresno. Fresno kind of should have won that game. Um, they, they fought really hard and USC was, was, was the better team, but still man, down the stretch, USC was bad play calling, bad usage of timeouts. It just seemed like bad all around. There really was no excuse for the performance, you know, late in that game. So Clay, Helton, yeah. man, with the next five weeks coming up for USC, I have a hard time believing they're going to win. I think their 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 ceiling is is uh, is three wins Five. by mid October. Oh, three. Well, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. So, well, maybe so I just uh, think that Dino Babers, Mike Leach, you know. Yeah, hopefully you're right. I someone mean, like the, that. the only silver lining could be that this replaces Clay Helton, and and maybe heralded redshirt junior Matt Fink could come in and and provide a, a nice role at that quarterback position for the USC Trojans. Matt Fink, quarterback. For the USC Trojans, I don't think it'll make a difference. To be honest, I think that they're they're kind of doomed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that, that's enough college football talk for me. Club, <laughs> I'm getting sick over there. <laughs> um, n- this will drop probably Monday or Tuesday, and we'll be coming at you with the full Week One preview, breaking down that slate. We already got into it a little bit. I think back in the preseason musings episode, I, I just got so excited about week one that I made us just talk about some games already. But uh, I'm I'm just jazzed up for this week. It's gonna be it's just gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, and I just want to add to that. Even if we talked about it earlier, none of my predictions are official until we we get that preview pot. It's all just it's all just think tank. It's all yep. just kind of getting our minds together together, seeing where we're at seeing where we're going to be at when we wake up a couple weeks later you know so it's what our angel investor peter Thiel told us to do <laughs> peter Thiel has invested three billion dollars in the back judge and we will be buying a studio next week so thank you guys for sticking with us <laughs> q say scheming yes sir i'm on the same i'm on the same boat too guys